I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike, episode 41. I'm so grateful to you for tuning in today and listening uh, to what we have to say here on this show. Producer Amy and I spend the mornings combing through the news and the things going on, not only around this community and state, but uh, around the country. And right now, out in New Hampshire, there are some things going on that certainly have our uh, attention. And er, while we don't have any polls or rather any results to report right now... Uh, I can tell you that in just under three and a half hours here on these airwaves, KSL News Radio, uh, on Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News, we're going to bring you the very latest on what's happening in New Hampshire as they uh, finalize their primary elections there. It's a fascinating thing. Now, I, I got to remind you, too, just for context, that New Hampshire is what? New Hampshire, I told you at the very onset of the program to remember a number. That number was 1.356. million residents of New Hampshire. That's about as large as Salt Lake County. Uh, A little bigger, a little bigger. Salt Lake County is 1.1 million residents in the New Hampshire uh, statewide, 1.3 million residents. Uh, So just understand for context that we're not talking about, uh, you know, a mountain of delegates uh, to the Electoral College who are going to swing this whole thing in anyone's one direction. But what we do know and what we will learn out of New Hampshire is that as Americans are given the first opportunity to cast a legitimate vote and let folks know who they would like to see as their primary candidate for the Democratic Party in their race to unseat Donald Trump as the president, uh, that will happen tonight. And it will be our first taste. It will be the first uh, measurement of support. Uh, and listen, I know you might be saying, yeah, well, what about Iowa? I'm done counting Iowa. I don't understand caucuses. I don't see how they're really democratic. And if Iowa is the, if Iowa is the example we are to follow, we're, we're in some trouble. So I'm going to make, uh, in my mind, this all starts tonight. Uh, and what New Hampshire has to say. Next up, we've got Nevada, South Carolina, Super Tuesday. You know, Utah, we're part of that Super Tuesday thing now, uh, March 3rd. So be tuned in. Uh, this race is, is starting to heat up. Uh, while I've got you, I want to talk to you about something Mike Lee's been up to. Uh, he and I have spoken a number of times over the past few weeks about something called the Mexico City Policy. It has to do with something that started way back in uh, 1984 under President Ronald Reagan. He instituted the Mexico City policy, and that would prohibit the availability of family planning foreign assistance funds to organizations that provide abortions or promote or counsel for abortions or advocate to change abortion laws in a foreign country. Essentially, it means that as the United States has its certain position on abortion, we will not be sending, uh, we will not allow uh, 
uh, taxpayer monies to be sent overseas to promote or engage in abortion efforts. Well, Senator Lee most recently sent a letter to the Secretary of State uh, asking that that Mexico City policy be expanded and broadened. Uh, and he has taken now uh, an even further step by introducing the Protecting Life in Foreign Assistance Act. He introduced that just yesterday, and it would codify an executive order by President Trump. Uh, in 2017, uh, President Trump prohibited via executive order the availability of foreign aid to organizations that provide uh, or promote abortions. Now, the the letter which was sent recently by Senator Lee and others, it would do something just slightly different than what this Mexico City policy does. This uh, it simply says that we here as Americans do not export our money to organizations overseas that promote abortion. Okay, that's an executive order. Those can be changed at the will of the executive. So a new president could come in and say, eh, you know what, maybe we're going to send money uh, and folks can use it however they'd like. And, you know, our policies regarding abortion here in the United States, the, the federal executive policies uh, could be changed. Now, if it's law that's changed, that's a different story. Law is different than executive order. While executive orders can be changed unilaterally by a subsequent president, uh, and a subsequent Congress, uh, it's much different for laws. Statute, once legislated, is a difficult thing to change. It requires uh, a great deal of uh, heavy lifting, as you say. And, well, what Senator Lee would like to do is reaching back all the way to 1984, finally codify uh, a concept which has been uh, repeated by many uh, conservatively-minded presidents since, most recently in 2017 by President Trump. Again, his executive order prohibits the availability of foreign aid to organizations that provide and promote abortions. Uh, Senator Lee and I had a conversation about this, uh, and I've done some explaining. Let me uh, let you listen to the senator and in his own words explain what this policy does. President Trump and Secretary Pompeo have shown their willingness already to step up and uh, defend innocent life. Here at home, with protections put in place for Title 10 funding, and we encourage the Trump administration to hold domestic non-governmental organizations to the same standard in in foreign assistance that they're held to in Title 10 funding. Domestic NGOs should have to maintain physical and financial separation from abortion-related activities within federally funded programs. I think I misspoke a moment ago and called the Secretary of State uh, Barr. Uh, it's, of course, Pompeo. And Senator Lee recently sent a letter to Secretary Pompeo, and here's what it said. The Mexico City policy essentially says that the U.S. government shouldn't be funding abortion activities overseas. And what we have asked is that Secretary Pompeo and the administration adopt a, a policy that would also say we shouldn't be giving abortion money to U.S. non-governmental organizations either, especially where we know some of them are going to want to spend that through their overseas arms. In an email sent to me by the office of Senator Lee, uh, it says that this bill acknowledges the sanctity of life of all people, including the unborn in other countries, and seeks to ensure that citizens of the United States are not made complicit in abortion through taxpayer funding to nonprofits and non-governmental organizations that act overseas. Uh, and this is an assertion made by uh, the senator. The United States should administer its foreign aid programs with respect for the inherent dignity of each 
and every human life. Now, there are a number of co-sponsors uh, with those names you're going to recognize. Uh, I'll read some of them to you. Uh, is Senator Tillis out of North Carolina, Steve Daines, Montana, Kramer, North Dakota, uh, Jerry Moran from Kansas, Tom Cotton, uh, Ben Sass, Marco Rubio, you know him down in Florida, uh, Mike Braun, Indiana, Rick Scott, Tim Scott, uh, Shelley Moore, Capito, uh, Roy Blunt, uh, James Lankford, Ted Cruz, Marsha Blackburn, Joni Ernst, Pat Roberts, Kitty Loeffler, Richard Burr, and Mike Rounds. In uh, Virginia Fox, she is a, a House member from North Carolina. She, on the House side, has introduced companion legislation to codify this executive order by the president. So that's a quick report on what Mike Lee is up to. I it, coincidentally have just been hearing this Mexico policy come up uh, in different places. You heard the president mention it during the State of the Union. My ears perked up and I thought of Mike Lee when I heard that mention. So that's uh, just a quick update on what Mike Lee is up to. Uh, one of the reasons I've been spending so much much time with our uh, federal uh, representatives is that we need to be reminded that the work being done in the federal government is much more than impeachment and that we are able to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and get back to work. And this year, uh, what I've just shared with you out of the office of Mike Lee regarding the Mexico City policy is a good example of just that. So uh, that's that for that issue uh, in the next <laughs> segment. I'm going to talk to you about something I did with my broom last night. That's next here on Live Mike. Uh, yeah, it's that internet thing. I'll tell you about it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.